the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with an amazing uh, leader in our community. We have Antonio Lopez uh, with us today. He is a uh, poetician, I like that, a poetician working all the intersections of education, poetry, and politics. Um, and he's he holds degrees from Duke University, uh, Rutgers, New, uh, Newark, uh, University of Oxford and also Stanford uh, pursuing a doctorate right uh, at Stanford. And so super excited about that. He's also the vice mayor of East Palo Alto, city of East Palo Alto, and also on the staff of Senator Becker. And we are so grateful to have you here today on the show. Welcome. Appreciate you, Vanessa. Always good to see you. Of course, I'll be seeing you every two weeks, even more often these days. We're That's right. Thank you for having me. That's right. I was I was teasing Antonio just a moment ago about him not trying hard enough. I need him to, you know, go to another <laughs> fancy school. But you know what? I love that you <laughs> you love books. You love, you know, education. You love poetry. You love arts. You love helping people and you love people. I mean, this is good stuff. So um, thanks for being an, uh, you know, inspiration to me. I'm, I feel like a slacker right now. Antonio. Nah. <laughs> I just, you know, my folks, my folks are immigrants. And the first thing they told me is like, we're here to try to make our better, make our lives better. And I love school since I was a kid and figuring out how to change my life through school always made sense to me coming from EPA. So that's how it's, that's been my playbook since kindergarten. Yeah. Well, I like that playbook. That's a good playbook. And, and, uh, and so, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that, how we can inspire uh, people specifically in East Palo Alto, but throughout the Bay Area, how we can inspire people that um, maybe don't have those kinds of role models or maybe haven't had that kind of access to strive toward what interests them. I mean, quite frankly, that's uh, that, that's some of what I want to talk about 
um, kind of reigniting our curiosity, reigniting our excitement about um, the arts, the world, about caring for each other, about being there for each other, all of those things, which I know you are so passionate about. I wanted to just start off with um, a couple of things. So you um, you mentioned it. Your parents are immigrants and you came to EPA. You Were you born in EPA or you you? Yeah, you were born in EPA. Tell me about how that ha- that was for you as a young child. Yeah, I mean, you know, people always have the kind of uh, stereotype, you can call it that, about East Palo and how dangerous it was, how violent it was. And certainly, you know, I'm sure there's some truth to that. But when I, you know, I, I was born, I was a night, you know, grew up in the 90s, 2000s. And, and I, I felt when I was growing up, just this incredible amount of warmth and support from my family. My, um, so we lived in a single family home, but it was also my aunties and uncles. They lived in the garage, which, you know, is kind of how we did it in East Fall. It's like you had, you know, your family live in the bedrooms and then the second family relatives um, to make ends meet. You know, the, they came in our case, came from Mexico. They needed a place to stay. So our family was kind of like the epicenter, the center, the hub for other folks as they migrated to the U.S., my uncles and so forth. And so for me, I have fond memories of we didn't have a whole lot growing up, but I never felt like we were poor. I never felt like we were at a disadvantage. It was only until I went to, you mentioned fancy schools. I went to the first fancy school and I stopped, saw people, you know, driving the Lexuses and the Maseratis, all these fancy cars. I'm a EPA kid for 14 years. So that was quite a, quite a jump. But when I was growing up, you know, we went to church. My mom took care of us. My dad was working two jobs. Uh, he worked at Hyatt, Ricky's Hyatt on El Camino. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has since then closed down. So my dad came in this country, busboy, farmer, and then he moved his way up to be a waiter. So for most of my life, he was a waiter. As a matter of fact, I remember we, we snuck one time into Ricky's Hyatt and they had like this beautiful buffet. They had the bacon, they had the eggs, they had the, the steel shafers. And I felt like so like, privilege to be in there and yeah. i remember like he, he was wearing his apron he was pouring juice to everybody and i was like dad can I have some more he said can't call me dad because i'm all, i'm working yeah he's yeah, yeah. in yeah so i have a lot of so i think a lot of our experience in these parts is kind of like that like you, yeah. you kind of you cut corners you figure out ways of make getting by but you never fight well you never quite felt deprived or lacking something yeah Nice. Yeah. You know, it's funny um, when I remember the first week that I worked at um, when I was working at Cisco Systems and there was a breakfast uh, made on all these beautiful trays and there was this display and it was a a floral display. And this was just during a regular meeting, like every Monday they would bring in cater breakfast and they would have this beautiful floral arrangement in the back of the room. And I remember going to my chair and this is that I had worked in tech, you know, for a long time and I was making pretty good money at that time. But it just, you know, some of these experiences are so foreign when you weren't, when you weren't, you know, raised with, with, uh, with, you know, money when you, I was raised in poverty. And so, um, but, you know, so I remember saying to my, the lady was sitting next to me, I go, Hey, are, are those eggs in the bacon back there? For us? <laughs> and then somebody said, they were laughing at me. They thought I was joking. Mm. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Really? <laughs> Thank you. So sometimes, you know, there's that experience, right, of being around people. Um, but it sounds like you never felt like you didn't have 
you know, you never felt the loss of those things growing up. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of it, too, was I had this sense that we were all in this together. Like the beauty of these Mm -hmm. thoughts is that we were were, were so like rich in culture. Like we had even even at that time, more African-Americans that were still in the community. And so I had a lot of classmates who played basketball, football, and uh, didn't play much soccer, which made people kind of laugh. Um, and we had obviously like Latino kids, Tongan kids. Maybe there was one white kid in, in middle school, I think. Mm-hmm. But Asian kids. So there was like this kind of sense of like, we're all in it. You know, mm-hmm. none of us are better off than the other. You make fun of me for my shoes, but your mom, your mom bought it at Payless too. Just we like mine, huh? Walmart. <laughs> we went to Mervyn's, you know, like yeah. everybody kind of went through the same struggle. And yeah. so it wasn't a struggle. It was just living. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. And so, so I want to, you know, we're going to touch on this. Um, we're going to take a break in just a second, but I, I want to pick your brain about that. Cause I wonder, you know, I hear that a lot where people didn't feel like they didn't have, they didn't have things until they started to get things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, until they got around people that had things, then they were like, man, I've never had things. And I kind of like this. So then it makes you feel maybe some kind of way about your your upbringing. Right. Um, to, to reflect on it differently than how it actually felt real time. And, yeah. you know, uh, you know, maybe you could just touch on that. What you know, when you began to go to, let's say, a school where people were, you know, 19, 18, driving a Lexus and you you were in your hoopty or whatever. How did that feel? Was that cool for you or were you were you OK with that? Well, and the hard part, too, is it wasn't just economic. It was ethnic because I was like one of like five Latinos in the school. And so not only are you figuring out, you know, you don't have as much money, but you're from the other side of town. You're from East Paul. So, and so yeah. you know, people, there, there's kind of like this narrative and people may not say it to you, but you feel like you wear it just because you're the only one there. Like right. there's no one else to pick it up. And so on top of figuring out geometry, on top of figuring out like, oh, I think I like girls and she look kind of cute, but I never seen a white girl like, like <laughs> it's just yeah, like, you know, right. it's kinda like there's all these different layers of just boyhood and being a teenage kid. And then you try to figure out like, OK, racial inequality and segregation, all these different systems that you don't have a language to. You just you just you're just trying to go to a nice school. And that's yeah. really how it was for me. And so uh, I do think that I started having that sense of like imposter syndrome or feeling alienated once I started going to these schools and really trying to figure out how am I going to excel? You know, I was, I was a top kid in my EPA school, but then when I went to this school, I was like high gaps in my education. So I I do think a lot of times poverty isn't just about the money you have. It's about your relationship to other people. And that's the thing about the Silicon Valley, the Silicon Valley people understand it's like, there's a lot of money here. And because of that, you feel like growing up, once you see those big houses in Palo Alto and other areas, once you discover that, you're like, how come we can't have that? How come we can't right. have nice things? You know, yeah. whereas before you were in your block, you're in your bubble. So it didn't feel like an issue. But once you start to realize mm-hmm. how rough it is, they're like, dang, it makes you start to yeah. take re- reflect on, on your reflect path. On really yeah, interesting. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to hear a little bit more about. East Palo, Alto, East Palo Alto Against Human Trafficking Coalition, EPAC, which we have formed. We're going to talk a little bit about that, what our charter is. And uh, yeah, 
yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Feeling anxious or going through a difficult life storm? Scott Dixon, a Christian humanitarian filmmaker and host of the Dove Teachings web series, wants you to know that you are not alone. Go to DoveTeachings.org to see great Dove Teaching lessons, pastor insights, and aspiring testimonies. You can watch the current show and more at DoveTeachings.org. That's D-O-V-E Teachings.org, where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with uh, Antonio Lopez, who is the council, uh, actually vice mayor of a city of East Palo Alto. He's a poet, a politician and a doctoral researcher and author of gentrification. Um, He, you know, is raised in EPA, born and raised in EPA and is now um, pursuing his doctorate at uh, Stanford, his PhD in, in Stanford, and really just exploring um, s- several different ways of kind of bringing important issues to the community, like the fight against human trafficking and making sure that EPA uh, community members and the greater you know, San Mateo County is aware of what human trafficking is. And um, I just want to say, Antonio, you know, you've been uh, you've been there. We've been meeting now. I guess it's been almost a year, almost uh, well, maybe eight months. But it's been um, just wonderful to get together. Actually, it's been a year. It's been a year. Um, It's crazy. It's, you know, get together with yourself, with Father Goody, with Reina, with Pamela Estes from San Mateo County and Ida from Ravenswood and just. All of these community members, uh, you know, uh, Jeff and, and Officer Seha from uh, EPAPD, just, you know, uh, uh, Chief Lou and just so many different people have contributed. Um, we are um, uh, coming together out of some really dark and difficult situations that have come up, whether it's different community members, children being trafficked. Or ads that we found online where, you know, a, a, a teenager was being sold for $200. Um, and all of that has informed us creating EPAC. What does that mean to you? How, how do you feel about what we've been doing? Uh, absolutely. I, I feel as if I'm part of, you know, the reason why I ran too is because so much of my few years so far being in this position has been like, why haven't we done that before? You know, mm-hmm. like, why hasn't this been an issue? Why are we so limiting? Why are we limiting ourselves to what's been done in the past? And so 
it, it means so much because when I think about the families that have reached out to me and we talk, you know, this Paul's a small city. So, you know, yeah. these individuals, you know, those stories, it's not just a statistic that is slapped on a graph, but there are people who live on your block. There are people yeah. who go to the same church you do, people who you pick up trash with. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that I have met you and I have met so many wonderful champions and because we can't do this by my, by ourselves. And mm-hmm. that has been, that has been so much of this experience is that even though I personally have not gone through the kinds of issues that we're discussing, I know loved ones, partners that I had in the past, people who I love dearly that have experienced this. And there's no reason why in the Silicon Valley with so much resources, we don't have more awareness about this. But I do feel that there's a synergy. There's a meeting of the, there's a moment that's happening where we have our sheriff, Christina Corpus, you know, now has direct experience in this and has, uh, is, is really committed to having this on our, on our platform. We have pastors who are working with individuals. We have family members at the table, community members. We have, um, you know, we have love never fails who's working with us. So it really is an amazing village of people who are not taking no for an answer Mm -hmm. or not, letting the past dictate how they want to see the future. And it's humbling for me as someone who relatively has stepped into this profile to be a part of that bigger change. That's the best thing I can, I can do as a, as a humble servant. So it's, it's, I'm excited. We've been meeting, like you said, twice a month, talking about the issues, getting advertisements on the buses, hiring a new advocate to make sure that this work isn't just a flash in the pan, but it's sustainable and that people after us are going to continue to, you know what I'm saying, are going to continue to put some light into this struggle. Yes. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's really, I wanted to just share with the listening audience some data points that uh, was, they were shared with uh, the city council um, when we first were kind of starting this in the September uh, timeframe. We had an audience with city council to um, to kind of explain what the problem was. And so um, just demographics and just some data points that have informed our strategy, right? So there are 11.4% of the of people in EPA living in poverty, which equates to about 3,200, 3,300 people that are living in poverty. Um, while 40% of EPA residents have owned their homes, 60 do not. And there's been a skyrocketing of the the value of that property because of the moving in of Silicon Valley, you know, companies like Facebook and whatnot. And so what that's what's happened is that's become a uh, posing a severe rent burden on the people that are staying there. And interestingly, um, you know, with the mix there, the black and Latino residents in EPA are making an average of 60,000 a year where their white counterparts are making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm. And so they can. Um, they can, you know, afford a higher rent. And so what you're finding is that there's a piling in of, of people in the same home in order to be able to afford that rent. And then, you know, 30% of the residents are undocumented in, in EPA. And so there are some other factors that come with that. Lastly, just the mix in EPA is 60.6% are Latino and 12.1% are Black. So very high population of uh, black and brown in um, in EPA that are not homeowners, right? That are not, you know, experiencing the benefits of the rising, uh, you know, value of their homes. 
And so that leaves room for them to be vulnerable and preyed upon. And um, sadly, I just did a search, and I think I shared this with the council members. I just did a search for less than an hour, and I was able to find 32 ads online of women, men, and non-binary individuals that were for sale in EPA. And then there are you know, locations where we know for sure uh, they're not necessarily blades or tracks at this time. Um, but they are, um, you know, there are actual cities in EPA where there is trafficking going on um, and it's been reported by many community members um, there. So these are some of the data points that informed us to come together and create our strategy for addressing human trafficking, which is to raise awareness, to increase a community kind of policing kind of um, community and public uh, sir, um, um, and uh, police officers kind of working together. So a public safety component and then an education pr- component in the schools and churches. And so we can talk some more about that. We're going to take a quick break, but wanted y'all to hear, you know, the kind of the data that has informed the EPAC strategy. I wanted to ask you, um, uh, Antonio, when we come back, I want to talk about all the different, you know, you just you just did a proclamation last week um, to address human trafficking. You, you know, it's it's going up on your website. It's you, there's all these things that you're doing as you know in the city. I want people to hear that because I think it's really powerful. And other hopefully city officials can kind of be thinking hmm, maybe I should do something similar. We'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We're on today with Antonio Lopez, who's a council member, actually vice mayor of East Palo Alto, uh, city of East Palo Alto, and also uh, a poet, politician, educator, um, uh, working in uh, as a staffer at Senator Becker's office and also a uh, PhD uh, student at Stanford. We're so grateful to have you with us, Antonio. And so maybe just share a little bit about what, you know, as a council member, you know, you talk about wanting to affect change. What are some of the things that you've been doing as part of this new formed coalition? Definitely. I mean, the first thing we've really done 
Um, and I want to credit Vanessa and everyone on the team that's really raising the profile. A lot of times, you know, we can't get anything done unless the public understands the scale and, and severity of the issue. And so I really want, I really think, you know, Love Never Fails and Vanessa and all y'all have really been the spark to get this ball rolling. Ever since that September meeting, uh, folks have reached out to me thanking the council, thanking myself for just putting it on the table. And so since then, we've, uh, as a matter of fact, this past week, we passed the proclamation declaring the city's uh, commitment to working against sex trafficking in Palo Alto. So even though it's symbolic, you know, it's, it's, it's language that's directly codified in the city, uh, the city's charter to reflect the fact that we're not turning a blind eye to this issue. We're going to look at this dead in the eye. We're going to do this on behalf of our residents. So that's one big thing that we've done. The second thing is working with the city manager and our staff. We're working closely with Love Never Fails to provide language that will specifically direct um, residents and folks to visit our website and look at all the different resources that they can tap into, the 1-800 number that they can reach out to, um, various shelters. Um, again, working with Pamela Estes with the county. So uh, at, at this point in time, we want to put as much information as possible on our website, and we're finalizing that as we speak. Mm-hmm. And that's in, in the hopes that when people look at this, you know, if, if they, whether they see it on the, on, the bus, on, on the bus stops or if they feel that they're trapped and they're not able to, to find an outlet, they can go ahead and log on to our city, org, cdbpa.org. And right then and there, there's going to be a whole number of resources that depending on, you know, you know this better than I do, Vanessa, you know, what's their legal status, their gender, uh, their, you know, if they're facing abuse, there's a lot of different ways that we can reach out to them. I think at this stage one, we're focusing a lot on just putting the information and education out there for the city. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're super grateful. Um, we actually got a couple of grants, uh, one from Common Spirit through Dignity Health um, to do a billboard campaign, um, a bus shelter campaign, rather, and also a um, door hanger campaign that allowed us to um, put door hangers on 5,000 homes and um, put the um, these uh, uh, Unite Against Human Trafficking uh, EPAC um, fly, uh, billboards, if you will, uh, in bus shelters. One in front of, um, actually is in front of Country Time um, there in EPA, which is known to have this kind of thing you know, going on. And so, you know, it just basically helps people to see that there, you know, the human trafficking is happening, that they can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline for support, which is 888-3737-888. And then also details like, you know, services uh, such as counseling and relocation and visas, T visas, U visas are available to people um, that may be being told, you know, maybe you're listening in and you're you know, you're thinking, you know, if somebody were to find out, I would get deported. Well, no, not so. There are protections, especially in EPA, which is a sanctuary city to uh, protect people um, that are not undocumented, um, especially if they're being abused. And there are so many um, resources available, um, such as the use of uh, VAWA and, you know, uh, T visa and U visa that will help people to remain here and seek support while they get safe. And so um, I'm just so grateful. I'm super grateful to you all. I'm grateful to um, 
Chief Lou, um, and who's really stepped out to help us identify a public safety survivor advocate um, who we are in the process of hiring. Um, she will her start date will be the 11th of February. And um, she again, her her role will be to be a liaison between um, the the schools, uh, law enforcement, the churches and the community and the city. Right. All five of us kind of uh, interfacing with this individual to hopefully um, bring some solution to, you know, different things that sometimes when you don't have someone who owns it, it it doesn't get the focus that it needs. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I love my babies. I love my children. Mm. My, I, yeah. I want, I want focus on each and every child that is um, being harmed in this way. And if it's, if we only hired an, an advocate just to advocate for one person, then that's good enough for me. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm of the same mind. And I really want to applaud to, all the folks who've experienced this, you know, whether it's our advocate stepping on board or, uh, for example, uh, Elizabeth Kiros, who author of Purified in the Flame, she came and spoke to mm. some of our local churches. And, you know, I just invite the listeners to, to really tune into the stories of, of, of folks who, who've experienced this and letting them lead the charge. And us as officials, as nonprofit leaders, providing our time, our platforms. I think that's really how we're going to make a change, not just us sitting in our chairs, but really going out to where folks are experiencing this and giving them opportunities to take the mic and let us know how we can be better as stewards of the various resources that we have. And so I really want to just applaud the folks working with us. Aida Campada from Ravenswood, you mentioned Seca. It's really a collective effort. And yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that. I'm yeah. surrounded by such wonderful, committed folks. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just it's just been uh, amazing. Uh, some of the uh, when we did the presentation with Ravenswood and Aida Campara, she brought forth um, a training on social media apps and, you know, and brought that to we were able to deliver that to some parents that attend St. Francis Assisi, some, you know, um, predominantly Spanish speaking parents were able to bring that to them. And then the issue, I don't know if you remember, the issue came up about like people, you know, how you know, youth not wanting to have anyone looking at their phones. Right. And so right. just something as simple as, you know, parents being empowered to be able to check phones and say, hey, you know, what's up with this app? Or right. you know, let's have not even like, let me give me your phone. I'm trying to take your phone from you. But just having a conversation, you know, sometimes I'll be looking at my daughter, looking at some of the videos that she's looking at. And I'm like, OK, let's let's talk about that. Like, do you understand what's going on there? Do you you know, do you want to do you want to learn a little bit more about that? Um, yeah. So I, I want to ask you, you know, we're, we're going to take a quick break, but I want to ask you, Antonio, um, you know, when when you think about issues like this. You know, maybe we'll we'll leave the the listening audience on the on the hang in here while we take a quick break. But we'll come back and hear from Antonio when you when you think about issues like this, and you think about the dynamic. You know, there's someone who's selling a child, there's someone mm -hmm. who's buying a child, then there's the child that's being purchased, then there's the uh you know the family that's connected to that child, 
What are some of the, what do you think about that, that whole food chain, so to speak, you know, that system that's happening there? Why is it happening? And what can we do to intervene maybe with the demand? How can we make a difference with people who are buying others in that way? We're going to come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Vice Mayor Antonio Lopez of the city of EPA. Uh, And we've just been talking about um, growing up in EPA, what that's been like, and also the newly formed East Palo Alto Against Human Trafficking Coalition, EPAC. Um, and I asked the question before the break, uh, Antonio, about what, what did he think about the sort of the ecosystem of human trafficking, where there is a, a buyer, there's a trafficker, there's a, you know, a, a child or a vulnerable adult, there's the family connected to that child or vulnerable adult that's being sold. And, you know, why is this happening? And what can we do specifically with the buyer? Why are they engaging in this and what, what can be done to make a change? I think, you know, whether it's talking about this issue, substance abuse, drug consumption, um, violence, you know, and another issue that I think is interconnected. So much of this work is interconnected. It's not just about sex trafficking. It's about the environment in the home, not feeling like you have other opportunities. That's why I love Love Never Fails. You guys have internships because you know that if you take a person off the streets, that's still their income. So they got to find some way they can make that up. And so it's important. When I think about this issue, and I take a step back. It's important for me to remember there's a reason why this has happened. There's a reason why, for instance, that young girl, you know, got felt that this was her opportunity to uh, be in the streets uh, or a person who's not gender non-binary. It could be that they feel that the person who's luring them in Makes them, she feels beautiful. They feel empowered in somewhere. They feel this is their only option. They're trying to maybe they, they come from a family of abuse. I, I really try to, as someone who was privileged to have both his parents um, and a, a family that provides, I really try to put myself in their shoes and create a sense of that's why it's so important to listen to survivor stories because we need to, we're not going to be able to be successful if we don't address the root cause of these issues. And we're not going to solve all of them. We're not going to 
re- rectify the gaps in educational systems. We're not going to provide people with safe, comfortable homes because that's, that's the private life. But what we can do is step in and say, you are not alone. You are not uh, just a victim. You are not just someone who is going to go being passed from child protective services to foster home, right? Like these folks are our babies and we have to claim them as our babies. We have to claim them as, as, as our kin. And so I think what we can do first and foremost, and you mentioned specifically for the buyers, I mean, first of all, you know, there will be, we have to understand that there'll be various people, reasons why they're, 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 they're buying into this market. There will be those who, um, they might have some issues, some trauma, some psychological trauma in the past, making sure that they get counseling, get therapy. We also need tough laws to crack down on people. And, you know, uh, Vanessa, I know you and I were talking about the recent legislation by the state, which would make it so that law enforcement would not be able to intervene in a, um, a deal going down, as it were, for, for, for someone selling their body on the street. And you got kids, you know, pushing their, you know, grown moms pushing their kids down the street in their stroller and nothing can be done. So I think in our particular part of the state, as lawmakers, as officials, we need to take a step back and really put some common sense back into our policies. Like, I think a lot of times the pendulum swings that we're trying to do something to help out vulnerable people. Let's say in this case, it's trans sex workers. But we also need to understand that our policy have consequences. So it's so important that we revisit our laws. We revisit if they're, how they're being implemented. How effective are they? Are they, in fact, reaching out to the target demographics that we're assigned to? And that's why... It goes back to, once again, going to the experts, going to the survivors. You know, let's not reinvent the wheel. We got plenty of people doing this amazing, courageous work. Let's put our, so let's use our platforms, our positions, our, our, our time at the dais to advocate. But for the person who's tuning in, who's not a lawmaker, who's not a policymaker, who just wants to help out. I mean, you can donate to organizations like Love Never Fails. You can give them support to do the work. You can check in on your neighbors. One of the things we did in the campaign for the letter, you know, for the door, door hangers, like don't go to the whole city, but reach out to your left neighbor and your right neighbor right. and check in with them. I think yeah. after COVID, that has been such an important hallmark and lesson is that we're not alone. We all are affected by these global issues. You know, what in this case, it was a virus. So we need to also be good Samaritans and good neighbors and check in with each other. And for the individuals, for the persons who are troubled enough to seek out things in the street. Well, that didn't happen overnight. You know, he was watching stuff online. Maybe he was going to certain websites. And because of the, the sex market, you know, the way our minds are set up, it festers and festers and festers. And suddenly they find themselves buying, buying a person. And so it's not, it's not an overnight thing. We need to mm-hmm. check in with our kids, our babies, our sons. Mm-hmm. understand what they're watching, understand, and, and, and don't be a, a punisher. Don't be a, a, someone who's there to just give you the stick, but come in with concern, with care, to yeah. know that you're loved, to know that you're, 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 you're looked after. I think yeah. if we did that, that would be half the battle and we wouldn't need all these interventions. Um, so I think it's about a cultural change, mm. how we relate to each other. That's mm. going to be the biggest step. I mean, we can provide shelter services, but all these things are band-aids. And the reality, 
We need to be a society that actually cares for one another and doesn't look at people's bodies as just product. But how do you do that? I mean, that takes lifetimes of work, but we can start here. And I think we are starting here. And that's, it it begins with a single step. And you may not change everything, but you can leave it a little better than when you started. And I think to me, that's progress. Yeah. Woo. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I, you know, I have been trying to pitch uh, the idea of creating a diversion program for buyers. And, and that has been based on, um, cause I have a couple of buyers that we work with, with you know, within love number fails that, you know, are no longer buying, but have in the past. And, um, and, you know, I've also, been involved with like for example we're going to be doing a um watch party of a movie series that exodus cry uh created on buying and um and they've done an amazing job kind of showing how pornography is the door you know the entrance to buying sex and uh, and even and even worse right so with that progresses to you know sexual assaults and things of that nature oftentimes um, by the way, if anyone's interested in that watch party, it will be at the Regal Stonestown on April the 12th. You can hold that on your calendar. That being said, the answer from what I've heard from most people that are purchasing sex is that there was a deep sorrow and a deep emptiness that they were trying to solve through sex and through, you know, through porn. And, you know, kind of getting out of their selves, getting out of their circumstances and that they became very selfish and very self-oriented and did not think about the fact that this was a, a vulnerable, hurting person that they were harming for their own gratification. And um, and sure, there's, you know, there's there's people out there that are just super malicious and they're like, I don't care about this person at all. There's other people that. You know, if given the opportunity to reflect on what they're doing and actually would kind of come to terms with you, you, did you realize that this was a child that you were purchasing? They would they would be um, they would have uh, some remorse, I think, about doing that. So um, but it does require getting, you know, like um, there's a guy uh, I love. His name is Devin Gaster. He's a, he leads a group called Men Creating Peace. and he says. I need men to do a heart check. Reconnect yep. with your hearts. Come back to who you are. Come back to your status as a protector. Come back to your, you know, to, to that place where you used to feel like you had responsibility for your community and caring for people and not just acting out of your own trauma and your own pain and and of course, I'm saying men. I mean, anyone can be a buyer of sex. So we want to make sure that's clear. But right. Um, right. statistically speaking, it's ma- the majority of buyers and exploiters are men. But there definitely are women and non-binary people that are um, involved in that as well. So I am so grateful for this, just this moment of reflection. And I love the I love the point that you made about kind of thinking through the policy. As you know, I am. um 100% against uh, what happened with SB 357, namely because I like the aspect of decriminalizing, you know, for the victims, um, uh, you know, that are out there. But so maybe not 100%, but I am totally against the decriminalization um, for buyers and exploiters, because as buyer, many buyers have said, 
they needed some kind of intervention to stop doing what they were doing. They were in an addictive mode and they would never have stopped if they had not been arrested or cited at minimum. We're going to come back and talk to you about how you can get involved with EPAC and be a part of some of these activities that we're engaging with. Um, We appreciate the community's engagement and we want you all to be a part of the solution. So we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We have just had a great time um, catching up with Vice Mayor of City of EPA, Antonio Lopez, learning about what it was like to grow up in EPA and how what it was like and is like attending fancy schools. No. <laughs> I attended fancy schools after I grew a mustache. So I got a little hybrid thing going on. That's right. That's a, right. It's a trip. It's a trip. That's, that's a short answer. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Um, we appreciate it. And um, uh, we are, as, as Antonio mentioned, we are in the process of updating the EPA website. You wanted to share out ways that people might be able to get in touch with you and or get on the city page. Please do. Definitely. I think first and foremost, you can reach out to me. Uh, feel free to email me a Lopez at city Just let me know who you are, how you want to support us. We have our coalition meetings um, the second and fourth Tuesday. And I'm pretty sure that um, we can, you know, Vanessa and I or someone from the team can make sure that you, we want to have as many voices on the table. You know, these are structured meetings where we brainstorm, where we go through the various action items that we're trying to tackle for the for the for the month and year. Uh, but really, we understand that this is just the beginning of what we're trying to get started. We want to make this, as I said earlier, something sustainable that we can look back and say we made a small we made a small difference in the city of East Palo Alto. So whether you're from East Palo Alto or you're from the Bay, East Bay. Uh, please, please do contribute. I, I think a lot of this work too, Vanessa, and I'm sure you can speak to it, is learning from each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what skill sets you can provide, what experience do you have on the subject, if any, that you can lend to us because we're trying to figure it out as we go along. In, in the sense in the sense of we, we have resources, we have experience, 
But I think the beauty of this coalition is it's diverse in terms of the profession, in terms of the experience, uh, but it's also a relatively new coalition. And I think there's an opportunity to really help shape uh, what things look like in terms of interventions in this fall. So and I think the beauty of this is, or the, the reality is, this isn't something that we're just experiencing in our small town, but every single city and, 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 and town in the state of California. Um, and there's an opportunity to learn from each other. Um, what's going on in East Oakland? What's going on in East Bay? What's going on in San Diego, right? So we, we really need to lean on each other and try to understand more deeply how can we most effectively reach out to this group that has been by nature of the business, by nature of the, the industry, living under the shadows. And so I think the most powerful thing we can do is, op- is, is unveil that, open the front of the rock, and really shine a light on it. And so we can't do it alone. I invite everyone to please, please, please get involved. Show up at a meeting. Learn more about what we're doing. Uh, because ultimately, we just, want, we just want to make sure we, we do this for the babies. We do this for the people who um, feel like they don't have any voice. And we know that's not true. Well, thank you again, Antonio. Um, just a few other things in, in terms of engaging with Love Never Fails here going forward. Um, want to encourage you all, if you haven't done so already, um, please do join us for our annual gala. We have our gala, which helps us to raise funds for our, the houses that we have. For those of you who haven't heard it recently, we are growing Um we are super excited. We just got our license for AB12 housing, which Ooh. means that we, yeah, it's a big deal. We've been working on, on that since June of 2022 and finally got all of our licenses and our fire clearances and everything. So we're AB12 licensed now, which means that we can house girls that uh, up to 12 girls that have um that are aging out of the foster care system. So that we believe that that is a very a strategic um, human trafficking prevention strategy is to provide housing to that population. And so excited about that. Um, we have houses um, for previously incarcerated men, for homeless men and their children, for women that are um, exiting human trafficking and their children, and also for girls ages 13 to 17. Um, we just got a, a young lady in today, actually, um, into our youth house. Um, and we've housed um, quite a few girls since we opened in August of 2020. So you can um, make a huge difference by joining our gala and sponsoring the work that we're doing with our houses, with our IT academy, with our prevention education. And you can do that by going to our website, uh, which is loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. And there you can purchase a ticket. I believe the tickets are $100 each, or you can um, actually pick up one of our sponsor positions. So we have a silver, uh, 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 a gold and a platinum position. And so we love for you to support us in the work that we're doing and, um, and to be there to support um, all of the, um, beautiful survivors that we support. And the name of our gala is the journey to freedom. So we're celebrating that journey to freedom. And actually Elizabeth Kuros is going to be one of our keynote speakers along with Alameda County's um, public health director, uh, uh, Kimmy Watkins Tart. And so super grateful for you for that. Please do join us there. Also, again, mark on your calendar, the regional Stonestown um, in San Francisco on April the 12th. 
we will be hosting a watch party for Exodus Cry on um, buying sex. And we also will be in Sacramento, if you're listening from up that way, um, at the uh, Regal Natomas on the 13th of April as well. So, so mark your calendar for each of, either of those days um, and just uh, hope, hope to see you there. And then, of course, reach out to us if you want to be a part of EPATH, which is, again, on the 2nd and 4th. Uh, Tuesdays of the month in the evening at seven o'clock and um, all are welcome to attend. Just reach out to myself, Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com or Antonio and uh, we will get you plugged in. All right. Well, we are, it's that time again. We want to just thank you again, Antonio, for being here. And of course, the listening audience, if you haven't heard it before, if you needed to hear it again, please know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.